When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Halloween's a Freddy Krueger podcast. Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. From the Consequence Podcast Network, the minds behind the Losers Club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Halloween's a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're already a subscriber to the series, thank you for listening every single week. In fact, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we put out interviews at Consequence of Sound. Uh, If you're not a subscriber, if you've been here a few times before or maybe this is your first time, uh, take a moment to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from, whether it's in podcast land, at iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or maybe you found us on YouTube or Spotify. You can follow along there as well. Speaking of following along, Twitter and Facebook... At Kyle Meredith slash Kyle Meredith. You can find me there as well. Come and say hi. And that's me. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, The Head and the Heart, talking with Jonathan Russell and Tyler Williams about the new record, Living Mirage. This is a much bigger sound than we've heard from the band. And there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of soul searching, a lot of coming to terms with each other, heading into Joshua Tree out in the desert and putting themselves back on a good personal track and in a good place. They're going to describe all of that. It's a, it's a great story. Let's put them in a great spot where they're currently at right now. Of course, we'll talk about how all of that influences songwriting, especially with the first two singles. We'll get the stories behind Misconnection and Honey Bee. And we'll also hear what they've been up to between tours. In fact, Tyler has been quite the manager. If you're familiar with Lucy Dacus, to a certain degree, you have Tyler Williams to thank for that. And John's been keeping busy, too. In fact, he's going to tell us about an album he's done with Jackson Brown that ties in with Haiti. And he really touts his merch selling skills. That's really important. Talking about the album Living Mirage, it's Kyle Meredith with The Head and the Heart. Congratulations on uh, on Living Mirage. I mean, uh, the couple of songs especially that's out there so far, this is a much bigger album than uh, than you all have done in the past. Is that a fair assessment? The, the sound, it's this isn't where you started, at least. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of, I think in our minds, like after making Signs of Light, we... Uh, 
Because Signs of Light was the first record where we had worked with the producer, period. And there were a lot of elements from working with a producer that we loved, but there was also a lot that we learned from working with a producer and how to be a little more intentional the next time around. And so our intentions were just to set out and try and capture the core instrumentation as best as possible, you know, make it sound as, as great as possible and as big as possible without having to kind of fill in gaps here and there just to make it feel big. So um, I think the engineer, Ryan Nashi, uh, N-A-S-C-I, and the two producers, Alex Libyan, S-A-L-I-B-I-N, and Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Um, the three of those guys did a great job, I think. On, on J-O-H-N. <laughs> Johnson's pretty obvious. The Libyan and Nashi. <laughs> I don't know that I want to leave anybody to the right <laughs> on that one. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just yeah, feels like a it feels like a different record, man. It feels good. It's uh, I think we just kind of approached it like John said in a very intentional way, and you know, I think the the idea when we were mixing the record was like vintage but modern. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is what would a Linda Ronstadt record or something like that sound like in 2019? You know? Yeah, that was the approach. I mean, it, it, I'll say this. It, the album doesn't sound like an accident. And, and I don't know that I would have ever said any of your records sound like an accident, but this one really does right. seem a bit more planned, uh, if not meticulously, to some point, uh, to some degree. I, I don't know. I mean, well, um, I funny, I, we kind of went in with like no plan. Like we literally started writing in Joshua Tree and we were kind of just jamming together. Like John had a bunch of just like kind of guitar riffs that he would play and then we'd all come in and kind of fill in throughout the day um, of writing out there. So it was really, really loose in the beginning days, for sure. Yeah, I'd say that it's kind of, we almost like were intentional about, I guess for my sake anyways, I had sort of seen what it what it looks like if I show up with like a bag, like a bag full of like flushed out songs, how, how that, how like how far that gets you. And this band is such a great, I mean, I, it, we're just so great at working together music, musically and uh, like our chemistry together is so special that I think it, it can be diminished if, if anyone has multiple parts already hammered out before giving everybody else a chance. So if anything, from on my end, it was more intentional to, uh, to just, instead of like the band reacting to a songwriter's song, kind of the other way around, like a songwriter reacting to a band. Yeah. Which just allowed yeah, for a more... Lot more uh, a lot of like exploration and, and new discoveries. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, talking about the, you know the way the band is because, of course, with the, with the last record, part of that story was the lineup was in flux. That's when Josiah stepped out. Would you think of this as a proper start to chapter two? Then, I mean, what was the feeling with having a steady crew as opposed to you know what was going on on the last record? Mm. Well, in a way, you know, this was also a, a kind of a new reincarnation if you will so we had kenny take a year off the piano player so he took a year off and maddie matt gervais charity's husband is is at this point you know once we're starting writing he's full-time in the band with us he's been touring with us for a couple of years maybe a few years at that point um and so that was the first time going into a writing a writing scenario without kenny and with and the addition of matt so it, it was it was kind of there was a, a there was a big great unknown sort of question mark um and looking back i think it actually enabled us to do what we wanted to do in the first place which was to kind of dissolve this idea this notion of who we were uh, what we had to do or what our part what our what our roles were within this band so if anything the the new lineup if you will i 
think allowed for more freedom. I don't think we knew that at the time. I think it was kind of scary in the in the in the moments of, of beginning because we were like, you know, you don't really know what the chemistry is going to be like. But looking back, I think it actually gave us the upper hand. I think it allowed us to to be more free. I, I'll say this, uh, Tyler the uh, the drums and bass sound locked in tighter than I think I've ever heard them uh, on a Head and the Heart record. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you credit that yeah, to yeah. the producer or just spending time with each other. I mean, where do you credit that? Well, we spent a lot of last year kind of working on our relationships with each other, like everyone in the band. You know, I think you do this for so long and you tour for so long that you start to kind of take for granted who your friends are and, you know, their personality. You kind of have this image in your head of who they may have been in 2011 or, or 10 when we first started recording. And I think, you know, we had to kind of dissolve some of those past relationships or past feelings that weren't even relevant anymore. And I don't know, I think it's just made us a much tighter, more connected band. And I would say that that, that rhythm section that you're talking about really stems from just working it out, man. <laughs> as, as hippie as that sounds, it's, it's true. It's like to, to do your best work, you, you all have to be firing together, you know? You, you all have mentioned Joshua Tree in there, and I know several cities play a part in, in this record, but uh, I don't know, some of the focus, it seems, does come back to that one right there. How important was Joshua Tree, and what exactly does Joshua Tree mean to this album, if it means more than the other cities, I guess? It's kind of that desert freedom that John was talking about, you know, like like kind of dissolving who we were or like the idea that we have of what the head and the heart is. A lot of that was really heavy uh, like real heavy vibe at Joshua Tree it was you know there were some dark moments and it was a lot of rediscovery but you know that really that that place feels like where kind of the genesis of Living Mirage this album started you know yeah for me um, to add to that I, I agree with what Tyler's saying wholeheartedly I, I think for me it, I, I I felt like I had sort of plateaued in terms of writing styles and sort of I think you kind of get into a uh, you get into a rhythm and a flow I don't want to say a rut but you get into like a direction as a writer and me personally after three albums I was a little I don't know I was ready for for like a reinvention for something fresh and on in all honesty I had no idea what that was gonna mean how I was gonna find that how we were gonna find that and um, there's a couple of songs living Mirage was sort of the impetus of this whole new direction and for me this new writing style which for, for a couple of songs living Mirage and running through hell were both stream of consciousness approaches in terms of melody and lyric. And I really can't think of a better place other than Joshua Tree to step into a room and have doors and windows open and, um, and to just sort of let your, your mind, your mind just go and not, not second guess what you're doing and just let, let things sort of come out. So I, yeah, I'd say Joshua Tree for sure has a, uh, there's, there's, there's a spirit to it already that's already there that you can just kind of tap into if you're willing, and it can, it can take you a long way. I feel like maybe, or I'm at least curious, that we're dancing around something here as you talk about redefining your roles and, and some darker moments in there and getting good with each other. I mean, was there ever a moment where you all questioned the band? Did it ever get to that point? Is that what you're hinting at? I think I think you know not to harp too much on on the whole desert thing, but it's so stark out there. And I think being out there and all being back together, it kind of revealed these cracks in the foundation of our friendships. And you know, kind of like with the whole rhythm section thing, like if you're not, if you're, if you're talking isn't working, you know, that translates to the way you're playing and the way you're feeling in between playing. Um, and so that that sort of revealed a lot of 
yeah, just a lot of band-aids that we had put on on our relationships because for years and years we you know you write and then you and then you record and then you have a little time off and then you go on the road and there's this vicious cycle and you just kind of keep putting off like ah well like we'll work on our relationships when we have time and then you never have time and so I think what we realized in the beginning of this entire music writing process was that if we don't start you know checking in with each other and, and being being friends with one another again the band you know it just it it yeah i mean in a way it felt like i don't know if we'll be able to do another record because we just weren't talking to each other in ways that were healthy and that were that were really genuine and um i think if you if you if you listen back to this record thinking about that headspace of, of how it was it was very it was on the it was on like the front part of our minds of working out relationships together and and choosing love over discord which sounds easier than it is at least for somebody like me i, I think the, living mirage the whole song for me is basically like realizing that i have been putting these mirages these things that can or cannot exist you know you either see them or you don't in front of myself and the things that i wanted to actually get to um and just choosing to believe that love exists and i deserve to be loved and i deserve to give love um whether that's to my partner or my bandmates or a stranger that was sort of like a light bulb moment for me in this writing pet period and and, uh, i think that comes across in a lot of the songs and some of it's just me working stuff out with myself some of it's us working things out together you know and then you start thinking you know like as a parallel like there you know it just feels like the world in general is sort of feeling similar feelings and going through going through similar struggles so yeah there there really was kind of a question mark of like can we keep doing this and uh after after this whole record, I mean, we went through a lot. We worked a lot on music, and we also worked a lot on our on our relationships with one another. And it's feeling yeah. it's feeling it feels like a new band. It feels like a like a solid friendship, a solid band. This is your some kind yeah, of monster I, record. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't hire a therapist, but we you know charity played the part pretty well. Um, I, I think you know to add on to that, it, you know, taking charity. that energy. Yeah, taking that energy onto the stage every night is like it's it's incredible to walk on and know that your bandmates have your back no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that's going to enable us to continue on for years. And you know, we could have continued on in the iteration that we were in, where you know people have things that they need to express. But you know, we could have carried on. But I think we would have made a much worse record for it. <laughs> It's interesting that um, the people you spend the most time with are sometimes the ones you have the least connection with. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll use that as the seg, especially that word to the first single, too, because Misconnection, as I read, uh, John, is, is a song that starts out about a misflight around Lollapalooza, but ultimately becomes the story of Abandon in some way. Uh, yeah, more or less. There's, there's, kind of, there's, like a couple, there's a couple stories in that one. On one hand, it's how I was flying home and I got trapped in Chicago and I wound up at um, a music festival and I ended up meeting who is now my girlfriend of three years. And bigger picture, it's more of like, you know, follow those universal breadcrumbs. Like once you you tend to think like, oh, it's not working out. This is something went wrong and this this is posing a problem. And and in reality, it's, it's probably showing you a better route to take. And so just to be remain open and and see things through even though you don't you might not think you're on the right path just keep going and then on the other hand that song was such a new style of writing not just musically but lyrically uh that i was struggling with 
and I couldn't about halfway through. I don't, I didn't know how to necessarily like get into it or relate to that type of a voice yet. Um, and so it's about, you know, I started, I realized, you know, why don't I just write about the fact that I'm having a hard time writing, <laughs> that I'm having a hard time finishing this, <laughs> this, uh, this beast. And I'll, I'll say three, that, three stories in one. <laughs> and, and I'll say this about the second thing too, uh, with, with Honeybee. Um, I can't sometimes tell John where your and Charity's voice ends and begins in, in that song talking about, you know, different sounds that I'm hearing. From the head and the heart. I mean, it, it all seems to blur together in a way that I guess is new to me. Yeah, thank you. I kind of, I'm, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, I mean, singing in falsetto like I do in those verses on Honeybee is something I've always loved doing. Like when I first started approaching music and trying to take it seriously, my heroes were like Tom York, and I just always loved how he could use his his voice as an, an, an instrument and. Uh, people like Chris Martin, people who can just go in and out of head voice and falsetto and, and make that a powerful moment. Um, Honeybee was, I think, kind of the first time where I actually got to really do it uh, in a song fully, not just like a melody, but an actual verse or something. And uh, and then Charity just comes in so strong. I think in general on this record, I'm blown away by Charity's vocals all over this record. I mean, she's she shows up in a big way on this entire album. I'll also say, not that it sounds anything like it, but Honey Bee is also like top three Tom Petty song for me there. So there's... (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Cool. I would be curious a little bit in the time between, because uh, Tyler, you you dip your toe in in management uh, when you're not, or sometimes when you are, you know, uh, with the band and everything. How big a part uh, of your life is that at this point? Pretty big. I mean, yeah, I started out managing Lucy Dacus, and then uh, now I'm managing a band, Illiterate Light, who just signed to Atlantic. So, I mean, it's definitely, um, it's, it's kind of a fun thing to do and definitely something that inspires me. And it's, and it's nice to be on the road having, uh, you know, some work to do when you're in a green room and, you know, you're waiting to sound check or whatever it may be. I think, you know, sometimes half the battle on the road is finding like, like how to spend your time wisely or well. And uh, for me, yeah. it just feels, it feels like a really nice thing to help friends and bands that I find who are, you know, incredible, help them kind of connect to the larger world, you know? I mean, if you just got a band signed to Atlantic, you're two for two right now. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good track record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. feels all right. <laughs> I want to add to that. I want to give Tyler some props here because, you know, from what he's learning and, and, and experiencing firsthand with these bands he's managing, you know, he, that knowledge and that comfort you know, comes back to our band, and it's he, he becomes a a, a well a, a resource of of information, and it's nice. I get to learn Thank from you. you know, Tyler and I went to high school together, so we sort of I think push and pull on things we're both discovering and learning individually, and then when we come back as a band, you know, you kind of t- check in and and grow from one another, and I think that's a big part of yeah. what Tyler's been doing with management is is been shining back on all of us, so it's a really cool thing. Now, John, I, I've seen you off the road between uh, tours, uh, running merch for other bands. Yeah, it, are you also bringing that back to the head of the heart? John goes into merch. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, we have different aspirations. Um, uh, <laughs> That's the headline for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. No, so that was for actually a band that Tyler was playing drums in a couple of years ago. Uh, and that was just a yeah. fun thing. I was like, they were, we were all friends um, in Richmond. Virginia, and it was in a time where the head and the heart had taken um, 
significant amount of time off and and i was like oh man you guys need a merch person like i just wanted to it's funny you know you you travel all around and you're like god i can't wait to go home and then you're home for like a week and you're like oh you're going on tour can i ride with you <laughs> so i just hopped yeah, in the van so it, was true. Like, it was you know nothing too long or crazy but it was just fun it was just hanging out with friends and helping out i don't know that i'm the best merch guy i'm not sure i sold anything maybe a shirt or two <laughs> Um, yeah, you're pretty but terrible, there. but we enjoyed your company. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely discovered what I was and was not good at on that. On that run. It's important to know those things. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I would also say if we're going to highlight things that John has done on his time off, let's maybe add in something other than the merch. Um, <laughs> Please. I started doing. I started. I started doing um, some nonprofit work with a, a nonprofit called Artists for Peace and Justice down in Haiti. I've been down there a few times now, and it led me to, to becoming close friends with Jackson Brown, and the two of us started uh, a record down there, basically to try and... So there's a, there's an institute called... Uh, well, it's just through Artists for Peace and Justice, and um, it's like the Music Institute, and uh, we basically come up, came up with an idea it's called like a song summit, where we would bring down different songwriters to Haiti, and we would sort of do these workshops with these college-level students, doing Q&As, and the people that he would bring down to engineer he would do classes where he would have these students come in and ask questions and watch watch this engineer work and then we would also we would write songs down there we, we would record in the studio and we have a lot of local musicians on the songs and so i mean it was that was an, an amazing process that record is i think finally going to see the light of day uh, sometime this year. I don't have a title to tell you, but maybe keep a lookout for a record, a project that Jackson Brown and Jonathan Wilson kind of co-produced and, and engineered. And a couple of the songs that are on Living Mirage, I wrote while I was down there. Uh, I Found Out and Saving Grace are from those those days down in Haiti. And there's going to be a couple. Yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty great record. There's It's a, it's a very eclectic batch of songwriters on that record so mm. so other than slinging shirts um, <laughs> i had a couple things going on as well you're doing all right you're both doing all right see that for me that would be the greatest parts about being in a successful band you know one sure there's the fun of creating music and 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 bringing it to the people but those what you can do with those times in between and especially in in ways to make the world a better place in in any version i mean that's that's what it would heavily be all about to me so i i congratulate yeah. you yeah. both on that thank, thank you. you yeah man. i will say, i will say that's that's got to be the the best feeling of like having having any taste of success which really just means in my mind it gives you the luxury of of doing more you know not just not just resting on your laurels because you've gotten to a certain spot but it's like okay cool it's allowed me time to do to do things for other people not just for our own band so yeah thanks thanks for thanks for that yeah absolutely fellas it's been a complete pleasure this conversation uh i, I thank you all both so much for uh, for taking the time to talk today and again congratulations on living mirage i absolutely love it thank, thank you, you so much man. thank you for having us yeah anytime i will road, see man. you guys around absolutely sounds good all right take care all right, bye. Bye. my thanks to john John and Tyler of The Head and The Hearts. The new record is called Living Mirage. Hey, before you get out of here, if you haven't already, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Again, you can find us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or really wherever you're listening from right now. After that, head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That's it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.